guys. Welcome back to Moms After Bedtime. This is Brooke, and I am here with Mandy. Just me. Megan Hi. is taking her maternity leave with baby Eliza. <laughs> Unpaid from the podcast. Because <laughs> we get paid. You know, that is what it is. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, pay- a lofty paycheck from this. <laughs> this is episode 26. And today we were kind of in the spirit of telling our birth stories since Megan just got to go through and experience her own. So we will do that today. But first, wine and cheese, Mandy. Alrighty. Well, it's been two weeks now since we got to talk. And so last time I did our wine and cheese, I was really frustrated about not knowing the gender at that point. Oh, yeah. um, so my cheese is that we finally know now that it's another girl. Yay! Girl gang, girl I gang. Know. Which I'm actually like... I'm really excited about like I thought I'll be honest I like thought that I was going to be a little disappointed that I wasn't going to get like the experience of being a boy mom I was kind of hoping for a boy just to like I don't know you know like you've I want like to have both and I really Mm -hmm. would like like Phil to experience being a boy dad so I thought that if I found I was a girl I was going to be a little bit like sad but I actually like first of all we got the phone call um it was a snow day so Phil was home we listened to it on speaker and when she said it was a girl like I think I was more scared of, like, Phil being a little sad that it was a girl. And he was so excited. Aww. He'd probably be mad that I said this. He probably doesn't even know that I noticed. But I noticed he got, like, teary-eyed. And, like, he was so excited that it was a girl. And so I was like, oh. Like, I think my biggest thing was, like, wanting him to be excited, you know, to have his boy. But he was so excited to have a girl. And, like, the second we found out it was a girl, it just, like, felt like that was what it was supposed to be this whole time. And it just, like, felt like we always knew it was going to be two girls. So I'm super excited. And now, I don't know, it just feels like it'd be weird if it was a boy at this point. Yeah. But. I feel like I've said before when we talked about this, like, I wanted you to have a boy, like you said, to have, like, that boy experience or whatever. But I just had this feeling you were having a girl. I don't know why. I could just picture Isla Me being too. a big sister to a little, si- like, a sister pair. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, like... In my gut, I think we always knew we were going to have two girls, but then when it finally comes down to it, I'm like, oh, but there's a chance we could have our boy and blah, blah, blah. But, like... I feel like that sounds bad, but really I just feel like, I'm like, oh, this is just the way it's supposed to be. And I'm really excited. I'm super excited for like their like sister relationship and all that good stuff. So how many months will they be apart again? Uh, It's 21 and a half if she comes on her duty. Because me and my younger sister are 17 months apart and I was always really mean to her. So (laughs) (laughs) great. Uh, But we get along. It was nice having somebody really close and we're close now. So that's why I've like, I know obviously like siblings are going to fight and I never... My sister, who is not, like, biologically related to me, she wasn't with us all the time, um, she was five years older than me. So, like, even though I had a sister, per se, I didn't actually, like, have a close sister. We didn't, like, share clothes and stuff like that, where I feel like I've been over, like, friends' houses with sisters, and they literally, like, get in fistfights because they're wearing someone's shirt. And, like, (laughs) I'm not not really prepared for that. uh, My sister wore my thongs that... (laughs) only because I was not allowed to wear them and my mom found them in my laundry and took them away and then somehow later on I found them in my sister's room so I don't know it is what it is I feel like this is like a coming of age of every girl is like trying to find a way to let for their mom to let them wear thongs Mm -hmm. I so badly wanted to have thongs, <laughs> and my mom was always like, gross, that one of our friends bought them for me for my birthday once. That's what I, if I went shopping with another friend, I would buy them then. And I did my own laundry, so it was easy to hide, mm-hmm. but 
Was it you who used who was it who cut their underwear into a thong? Okay, you're just airing out my dirty laundry. <laughs> me and, no pun intended. Me and another friend that we have uh both admitted, like not we were not friends at this time. It was just like we realized that this was a similarity that we had that when we were I don't know, like preteens, probably like eleven. Like years junior old, high. Cut cut my granny ass panties into a thong just to like know what it was like which by the way that doesn't work because there's no like elastic so it's just cotton so it turns into like this huge like granny like is it all frayed too because there's like no it's all frayed and loose so it's like not like covering anything it's just like dangling there that's hilarious (laughs) yeah those are the days I mean the thing is like when we were younger it was cool to even have like your thought, like the whale tail. Like it was like cool to have your thong up above your pants. So like so that was gross. like fashion, you know. We couldn't help it. <laughs> fashion. So gross. <laughs> anyway. Oh god. Like it's to, it's to the point where I'm like, I'm I will go shopping with Isla and buy her. Yeah. Things and this baby because like I don't want her to cut the <laughs> panties and have to live a life. Also, like we that. obviously know by experiencing it, like just well. I could just be speaking for myself, but just because I'm wearing a thong doesn't mean that I'm like having wild sex or something. Like, no, when I, my 12 year old self didn't even know what sex no. was. I just wanted to have a thong on my <laughs> bed. I don't know why. And now I fucking hate them. I hate them. Yeah, that's very true, actually. I prefer my granny. Me, so. me <laughs> but that's hard because I also love wearing leggings. Yeah, they are a necessity <sighs> at this point. Like, you kind of have to have them. Yeah. So was that your cheese? Your That was a digression. Yes. <laughs> My cheese was that it's a girl and that I'm very, very excited and just getting more excited about it. My wine is a big fat wine that I am like 90% sure that I have COVID right yeah. now. I uh, We were exposed to someone who just recently tested positive and Phil and I both have symptoms. We went and got tested today and we should get results back tomorrow. Uh, I actually have my little my chart up right now, just refreshing the page. Just if you want some like breaking news, but no, it's not updated. <laughs> it like pops up halfway through recording. It pops, oh my god, <laughs> that'd be pretty exciting. But um, but yeah, I I started out actually with a really bad headache and just so 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 fatigued that I just thought it was pregnancy because I've been getting headaches for the past like two weeks now and I've just been super fatigued this pregnancy. So I really didn't think anything of it. I thought I was just having a really bad pregnancy day. But then I found out that that person t- was going to get tested because they didn't feel good. And I was like, oh, mm. this kind of sounds like the same thing. And then um, Phil started coming down with it. And then it turned into like a cough. And Phil has a fever and yada, yada. So I would be surprised if it came back negative at this point. But the good news is that we, um, or me, Phil's not, but I'm on winter break. So it's not like I've been at work, not haven't been exposing children and things like that. We are actually working remote next mm-hmm. week anyways, so it really doesn't throw a wrench in, like, my work and things like that. It gives us – we have the opportunity to stay home. Phil can work from home, um, and we can just keep Isla home with us. But, yeah, just a bummer. So far, I'm not, like, you know, really struggling with mm-hmm. it, but we'll see. I haven't lost my taste or smell, and that's when I'm really going to be depressed. <laughs> I hope you don't because it takes a long time, I've heard, for it to come back. I know. And I just like love food so much. So that's like my, every time I like smell something, I'm like, oh, like even if I smell like Isla's shit diaper, I'm like, oh yes, 
I can still smell things. Oh my god! I was god, gonna say I can't I... believe that's not your wine. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, COVID trumped it. But now, can I just give two yeah. wines real quick? Megan's not here. This is Megan's wine for me. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't even think of sharing this. So yesterday, oh my gosh, this is so disgusting. Yesterday, it was just me at home. Um, this was before we thought that we were sick or whatever. I went to go change Isla's first diaper, which was full of shit, like so much shit in this diaper. It was like an overnight diaper. And she was like getting kind of fussy. And we have this like bear thing. You probably have, I forgot what it's called, but you like squeeze it and it sings all these songs, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a dog, actually, not a bear. Anyways. And um, so she's starting to get a little like trying to like run away from me. So like I grabbed the thing to squeeze it to play a song to her because it like distracts her. And in the meantime, she reached in between her legs, grabbed the open, full diaper of shit, pulled it up (laughs) onto her face. Onto her face. I would cry. Her face. So dragged shit all up her shirt, because thankfully she was wearing a shirt, and all, but I mean, her face, there was no hope. So I took the diaper off and... I don't know if it was because she had shit on her face or because I was like, no, 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 no. But she started crying. It was just everywhere. <laughs> I had to like figure out like she just kept staring at her hands because it was all on her hands. I had to get it out of her nostrils. <laughs> it was so bad. And we had a like 7 a.m. bath time. And it was just Ugh. a shit show. No pun intended. But yeah. Yeah. I guess you had a rough day yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, and then yesterday was when Phil started feeling sick too when he got home from work. I'm like, hmm, maybe we have COVID and our daughter bathes in shit today. So. I can't believe I don't have I don't have a story like crazy like crazy shit story for Shay. I mean, I told Phil that I feel like it's like a like every mom like has to have like that one experience. Yeah, I mean, I know when she was really little and they had like watery poops and stuff. Like, there's yeah. some stuff from that, but not like the toddler. Honestly, this is awful, but. Half the time she's constipated, so <laughs> either the poops are like real solid, or or she just hasn't. This was not poop nuggets. This was yeah, messy, Ugh, poop disgusting everywhere. <laughs> so gross. Sorry if anybody's like eating right now. Well, my wine kind of relates to that ish. Poop. Kind of, yeah, actually. <laughs> not Shay's poop, though. And not mine, either. <laughs> but, and not Shane's, <laughs> if anyone's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, well, who's poop? Um, again, it's been two weeks. So this is actually a story from last week, but it works. So there was uh, one night, because of Shane's snoring, this has been a wine before. Sometimes I sleep on the couch. So I was sleeping on the couch, and then I hear this meow that my cat does when she either brings us one of her toys in the middle of the night or she caught a mouse so I was like please don't have a mouse please don't have a mouse she has a mouse and then of course she doesn't kill it she just likes to drop it and then it runs so she dropped it I ran and got Shane we couldn't catch it it ended up running into the bathroom and like disappeared in the bathroom and we were like okay like what do we do it was like four in the morning and so we're like fuck that we're just gonna go to sleep and we'll worry about it another time. Hopefully Charlie will find it and kill it again. Or not again, but find it again and kill it. And then, so I went back to sleep. I woke up. We were still doing remote learning. So I was like telling my students about it. And one of my students was like, oh, be careful because mice can live like in your toilet and in the pipes. And I was, obviously I kind of just blew it off. I was like, oh, wow, really? Like I didn't really believe him. (laughs) 
Because I'm like, I was like, I'd just flush it if it was in my toilet. And he was like, well, no, they can like live in the pipes for a little bit and then they swim back up. And I was like, whatever. And then, so the next night I woke up in the middle of the, well, it was like, again, four in the morning, I woke up to go pee and I lift up the fucking toilet lid and the mouse is in the toilet, like not swimming, like in, we have like a water efficient toilet so uh-huh. it was up in like the dry spot with like little mouse turds all around it <laughs> so i instantly put the lid back down went and got shane like i don't know what to do of course he's like tired and doesn't know what's going on and he grabs a washcloth which looking back like why he grabs it like a washcloth a face cloth cloth whatever you call it and tries to catch the mouse in the toilet and from my point of view all i can see is shane trying to catch it and it's hopping up out of the toilet and then back down and then hopping back up and back down <laughs> and then it hopped out at him yeah it was fucking awful and then it ran into our bathroom closet and Shane was like fuck this I'm going back to bed so he went and laid back down and I was like no I'm catching this motherfucker so I get like a bowl and I see it in the cupboard or in the closet and then Shane heard me, like, struggling to catch – well, you've seen me try to catch a mouse, Mandy. <laughs> that one time you showed up at my house. Um, then it, like, ran out, and Shane came in the bathroom, and then it ran into – luckily, Shay had a shoe. One of her shoes was in there. It ran into her boot, and Shane took the boot and, like, got it into the bowl that I was trying to use. And I had a trash bag, and I was like, put the bowl in the trash bag, and then we'll just throw it outside. And – Shane, being the smart, wonderful man that he is, decided to carry (laughs) the bowl uncovered from our bathroom through the kitchen to the outside. And I was, like, yelling at him the whole time, you're fucking stupid. Put it in this trash bag. It literally jumped out of the toilet. It's going to jump out of this bowl. And right as he got to the door and opened it, (laughs) I guess it jumped outside and then ran back in. And then it disappeared. So I don't know what happened to it. We have a mouse living in our house somewhere. I felt like I was on that movie Mousetrap. I don't know if everyone's seen that, but it was an experience. I know that was a long story, but it had to be told. Good Lord. It's been weighing heavy on my chest. And now do you just like live in fear? Yeah. See it again? I'm, my biggest fear, like I don't mind if it's like living downstairs or something, whatever. But my biggest fear is Charlie one day is going to like jump in our bed. And drop a mouse in our bed, and I would freak the fuck out. Like, I wish she would just. I don't hunt, and we've trapped mice before in like the nice traps and like released them. We don't usually do like kill traps, um, but I wish Charlie would just kill them because it would make my life a lot easier. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. That's hilarious. And they're fucking fast. The mice are fast. But anyway, so that's my wine. And uh, my cheese is, if anyone follows us on the Instagram, they'll know that during this week while I'm on winter break, and Shane's even had most days off. He's had to go in here and there for like a couple hours. But Shay's daycare is still open, so we've been sending her to daycare. And yesterday we went, Shane and I went out to lunch, just us, like not having a toddler at lunch. It was just, and it, we went to a place where we used to always go like on Friday nights and like, it was just nice to go out to like an old place and feel a little bit normal and 
mm-hmm. and all of that. So it was nice. We enjoyed it. We had, a... and then I came home and took a nap on the couch. So <laughs> that sounds like a great day. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's been really a nice week overall. Like we've really done a lot of cleaning and reorganizing and relaxing and finishing TV shows. I feel like a whole new person. Oh, so jealous. It's been nice. And we don't have Megan's. I'm sure Megan's cheese would be. She has a baby. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> if uh, nobody, fo- if you guys listen but don't follow the Instagram, then I guess you wouldn't know that Megan had Eliza. Here's her name, Eliza Ruth. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Eliza Ruth um, had her on December 22nd. She was six pounds eight ounces. I remember because <laughs> she was one ounce off of Isla. So and what? I will always. How many? That. Like 18 and in- 19 inches. I think 18. 18 inches. I think she said 18 inches. Yeah. And it was a surprise. An early C-section. I'm sure when she comes back on, we'll hear all about her yeah. experience and birth story and all that. But so she's enjoying some, po- I mean, I guess as much as you can enjoy postpartum, right? It's like a love-hate <laughs> relationship. <laughs> I'm sure she's enjoying it, but also uh, probably not at the same time yeah. like we all did. But it is what it is. It's one of those things like it's a rite of passage and I always feel bad because I always am like, let me know what I can help with. But there's really not a lot that you can help a new mom with besides like going over and like holding the baby so they can shower or like offering mm-hmm. some advice on things that you can offer advice on. But other than that, it's, I can't go and like suffer through the lack of sleep with you. Sorry. <laughs> right. Right. But and we when we had Isla, we actually... I can't think of anybody coming over and letting us sleep, but uh, I did always enjoy it when people brought food. Yeah. That was really helpful. I loved food. That's true. Very true. I-, I honestly, like, felt weird if somebody were like, why don't you go rest, go sleep? I wouldn't be able to sleep if people were at my house anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I did take advantage and go take a shower, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this episode, we'll tell a little bit about our birth stories. Not a little. We'll tell our birth stories. Tell the whole story. (laughs) And share that experience with you guys. So Mandy, you want to start? Sure. All right. I do eventually at some point want to like go into depth about like our whole infertility Mm -hmm. journey. Um, But today we'll just do like the birth stuff. So I, out of like our close group of friends, I am the only person to go full term. <laughs> and that makes me hate all of you a little bit, but that's okay. I'm moving on from it. I, I already know this baby's probably going to be late or something, but I had, with Isla, I had like a fairly easy pregnancy. Like this pregnancy is already harder and it's not, it's still not even bad compared to, you know, like after like talking to Megan, I feel like I'm not allowed to complain <laughs> about like feeling sick <laughs> ever. Um, but like with Isla, I really had very little sickness. Um, we did IVF, obviously. We did our egg retrieval and our egg transfer in December, right around Christmas. I think um, our transfer was December 27th. I just posted it was our transfer anniversary, mm-hmm. and found out we were pregnant. I think so. When the thing about IVF is it kind of takes like the fun surprise out of it sometimes. So like everyone knew we were doing it. We couldn't really surprise people that we were, pre- I mean, obviously that's not guaranteed mm-hmm. that you get pregnant at all, but everyone knew that we were doing it. So it's like a little different when you don't, most people don't announce to the world that they're trying to get pregnant. But anyways, we did a fresh transfer with Isla, which means we did the retrieval, they fertilized the eggs, and then we transferred it five days later. So we didn't freeze the embryos. So that Isla was never frozen. <laughs> so when, before they do the egg retrieval, so 
in case you're not familiar with IVF, you have to give yourself all these drugs to make your body make more eggs. And then um, they monitor you to make sure you have a, a bunch and how big they are. And then they make you do a trigger shot. So you shoot yourself with shoot yourself. You give yourself a shot with, um, the pregnancy hormone with HCG. So, and that makes your body like release all those eggs and then they go in with a retrieval and take them all. So when you first take pregnancy tests, they come up positive because you shot yourself mm-hmm. with HCG. So I wanted to test out my trigger shot so that I knew that if I got a positive pregnancy test, it would actually be positive and not just the HCG. So I started taking those tests and I like, obviously the lines are getting lighter because the HCG was leaving my body, but then all of a sudden it just stopped getting lighter and it just stayed there. And then it started getting darker. Mm-hmm. So I never like had like, it was the first few days I was started getting like tests like that. It was kind of like a, am I pregnant or is it just like not leaving my body? Like what's going on? And then it finally started getting darker than obviously I knew I was pregnant. But so that was also kind of like a little bit of something that was like, it just made it confusing. It wasn't like a, yes, we're pregnant. Like it was a lot of like, are we, I don't really know what's going on. Um, Cause for most people it leaves their body completely before you start seeing a positive test. But yeah. And then my hormone levels were with her were pretty low. Um, I started out with an HCG of 82, which most people probably don't even know what that means, but it's on the low end. And so I got like nervous the whole time that she wasn't going to like stick around and we had a lot of chemical pregnancies. So they always start on the low end and then they go, they Lower. go down. So I was nervous about that. And I think that's probably why, I mean, I am not a scientist by any means, but I think that's why I probably had maybe less symptoms with hers because she had a lower like she just made my body release less of the hormone. I don't really know. Yeah. That's just a guess. But so I had very little like pregnancy symptoms. But anyways, fast forward to the last month of pregnancy. I wanted to die. I hated it so much. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. It was summertime. <laughs> it was summertime. Yeah. So she was born in September. And so like by the time I hit nine months, obviously it was August. I was just so miserable. I just was so uncomfortable and just like wanted the baby out of me. And so I was that crazy person who like we, me and Phil probably walked 10 miles <laughs> like a day, <laughs> obviously not really, but we just walked up and down our tiny little dead end street over and over again. I replaced all my chairs. I brought, I'm a therapist. So I brought exercise balls home with me and um, <laughs> Bounced on sat those. on an exercise <laughs> ball. Yeah. All the time. I remember a teacher walking in on me, like walking in my room once, like that's really not going to work. Like you should just sit in a normal chair. <laughs> I was like, no, get this baby out of me. But basically I tried everything. I, the only thing that I just wouldn't allow myself to do, although I really, really contemplated it was castor oil. Mm. Cause I know that that is like not pleasant. So I refrained from that, but I was like, so ready. I was just so done with it. And finally I just like gave up. I was like, it's all a scam. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And I'm so sick. Like at that point, you're so fucking sick of people saying the baby will come when it's ready. <laughs> like, well, fuck off. I'm ready. Okay. I'm telling you right now, my body is ready. But anyways, finally, so it was the Friday. So my due date was a Saturday. It was Friday night, went to bed and I woke up at, it was literally, it was 1150 PM. So it was basically midnight. And I woke up with what I thought was a contraction um, at that point, I had never, like, I didn't have a single experience with contractions. I didn't really have, like, early term labor or anything like that. So I was like, I think this is a contraction. I don't really know. So I tried to go back to sleep because I was also, like, so desperate to go into labor that I know that I would, like, turn anything into <laughs> thinking that I was going into <laughs> One labor. One little move and you're like, it's a contraction. Yeah, seriously. So I'm like, I, I, I'll just wait it out. 
So I tried going back to sleep and they kept coming. So eventually I was like, okay, I think this is it. So I got up and I, um, I've always like heard people like this was pre COVID. So I got to go to like a birth class and all that. And they teach you like an early labor, like you're going to be in early labor forever. They teach you, oh my God, what is it? I should probably relearn it. Is it like the five, one, one or four, one, one rule? I think it's five, five, every five minutes lasting one minute. I thought it was just when your contractions were five minutes apart, but I don't know. I never made it to that. So. That's what I mean. Yeah. Five minutes apart. And the one minute is like the contraction has to last one minute long ah. and it has to be doing that for an hour. That's what it is. Oh, five, wow. I don't think I learned that. So when I first started feeling contractions, they were like 15, 12 minutes apart. So, um, but yeah, so they teach you in class, like you should like keep yourself busy, like maybe take a shower, maybe play a card game with your husband. It was like the middle of the fucking night. So like, I'm not going to like, literally they give you, show you a video of like people making cookies. I'm like, I'm not going to bake, you know, put something in the oven when I'm in labor. It's a stupid idea. What if you have to like run, run away? It's so dumb. Anyways, but I um, went and like took, I remember I took a bath or I took a shower and then I took a bath. And it got, like, really painful in the bath. And I was like, never mind. I don't want to do this. And next thing I know, like, I was tracking it on, like, the app for, like, your contractions. And next thing I know, they were, like, seven minutes apart. I'm like, wow, that's actually kind of moving fast. Because they tell you, like, you're going to be in, like, early term labor for, like, fucking hours. You know, like, hours yeah. and hours. So, like, don't rush to the hospital. And so I didn't want to wake Philip either. So at this point, I'm, like, pacing around. And I'm like, I took a shower, like, started getting ready. So I'm like, I think we're going to the hospital today. So I might as well just, like, be clean when we get there. And Phil, like, wakes up, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was, like, pacing the room. I was like, I'm in labor right now. Like, I'm having contractions. And he's like, oh, okay. And, like, turned around and went back <laughs> So, he, like, to this day, he, like, I make fun of him for it. But he's like, he, like, he agreed that, like, I was being so desperate by the end of it that he thought I was just, like, telling myself I was in labor. Because it was my due date. Like, it was midnight. I'm sure he was date. also like, picturing okay. you to be, like, keeled over in pain. Like, the baby's coming. Like, Right. And at that the point, movies. like, they hurt. But it wasn't, like... At, like I wasn't at that point so anyways two hours go by and in those two hours I was I think maybe that was when I did the bath and all that probably but whatever I somehow killed time in two hours I don't even remember at this point and then that's when I started like like making those like noises that you hear in movies <laughs> like when you're having contractions and like <laughs> moaning and like leaning over the bed and like having a hard time and then he woke up again and I was like I'm in labor <laughs> he's like oh shit oh okay <laughs> so he literally slept for two he woke up I told him I was in labor he went back to sleep for two hours and then woke up <laughs> and was like oh we should probably go to the fucking hospital because at this point my contractions were uh five minutes apart and that so like I woke up at like midnight and this was, we got to the hospital at 4 a.m. So like that happened pretty fast. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so yeah, we called the hospital and all that. And I packed my hospital bag super early because I'm like that. But you can't pack everything because like I couldn't pack my toothbrush because I still needed it. And I couldn't pack some of my like favorite clothes mm -hmm. like because I was still wearing them. And I couldn't pack like, all, you know, all those types of like makeup and things like that. Not that I even put makeup on, but. You bring it just in case. I did too. <laughs> I mean, the photographer came to the hospital. I probably put some on, but it wasn't cute. But regardless, like, all that stuff. So I was still running around packing, having, like, all these terrible contractions. Anyways, we finally got to the hospital. It was 4 a.m., and I was already five centimeters dilated. So, I mean, that's pretty fast yeah. for, like, first baby. Considering at the in the classes, they tell you, like, you're going to be in early labor forever. Um, and I promised myself 
Like I am just personal preference. Like you do you, you do whatever you want. But I was all for an epidural a hundred percent. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to get a trophy? Like I'm doing it. I would rather just like have no pain. <laughs> and, but I, pro- I was making myself promise that I would wait till I at least got to like five or six centimeters. Cause I didn't, I know it can slow down labor mm-hmm. and I didn't want to like get it way too early. So that was like my like personal goal. So when I got to the hospital and found out I was already five centimeters, Literally, we got there, and I was like, um, can I get that epidural? <laughs> She's like, sure. But I literally was like that lady who was, like, yelling, like, moaning. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> but I couldn't help it. It was just, like, coming out of you. It's like this gut- it was the only way that, like, the contractions didn't hurt. If I was like, <laughs> like a Like a cow. Like, a like that's what it reminds yeah, me of. Yeah, like a boar in- during mating yeah. season or something. That's what it reminds me of. But anyways, the anesthesiologist came in and – gave me the epidural and like a couple minutes went by and I was like, I like, I swear I'm still feeling these like really bad on my left side. And they're like, Oh, you're, it takes a little bit sometimes to move over. Just lay on your side, blah, blah, blah. And then the doctor came in and checked me again. So at this point it was, it was an hour and a half later. So it was like five 30 in the morning, he checked me again. And I went up to seven centimeters at this point. So again, progressing pretty fast. But then he walked in and he saw me having a contraction. He's like, you can definitely still feel those. I was like, yeah, like, I can feel them. Really <laughs> Duh, on my I've left been side. telling I've been you saying that. that. Nobody believes me. And he's like, yeah, no, he, I can tell. So he, they called the anesthesiologist to come back and give me another epidural, um, it, which worked. But because of it, and I will say this again, I would get 10 epidurals. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't care. But... Like, because of it, my right side was so numb. Oh, yeah. And my left was, like, as numb as it should have been. Yeah. Like, my left was good, but my right was, like, just dead weight. <laughs> like, it was the weirdest feeling. Um, but anyways, he broke my water before calling. I don't know if I said that. If he, before calling the anesthesiologist. Um, so he broke my water, which is a very strange feeling as well. Mm-hmm. It just feels like you pee yourself, but, like, you can't control it. But anyways, at that point, like, it was just very uneventful because I was content I was no longer in pain I couldn't feel my legs but besides that I just like laid there Phil and I just like watched tv mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was so I just texted a lot of people and we like didn't see a nurse or a doctor for hours I'm pretty positive because at that point so it was 5 30 in the morning and I had already progressed to seven centimeters within five hours I know that I was ready and at 10 centimeters way before I started pushing but nobody was coming in to check mm-hmm. on me <laughs> And we found out later that there was like some sort of emergency on the floor. So obviously it didn't matter. Like we were happy and I think we were easy patients. So we got pushed to the, the back burner. But by the time it was, um, they did finally check on me. I was definitely 10 centimeters. And so I had to push and I pushed for three hours, which sounds terrible. But because I had the two epidurals, it really slowed down my contractions and you know, at that point, you're supposed to be getting contractions, like, what, like, every two, three minutes? Um, I was getting them, like, every six, seven minutes. Mm. And so it's not like I pushed for three hours and it was terrible. It was, like, my contractions were way too spread out. So it was, like, taking way too long. And they kept, like, one thing I did like about my hospital is they're not, like, fast to jump into, like, giving you Pitocin or giving you whatever drugs, whatever. So they, like, went back and forth on if they wanted to give me Pitocin for like the whole three fucking hours <laughs> of me pushing, which like, again, like pushing wasn't bothering me. And besides, I just felt like my butt was going to fall out. That's all I remember is like so much pressure in my butt. Um, but I did appreciate it because they let me like 
and they asked me and helped me get into like different positions, even though I had the epidural, like I pushed on my side for a really long time. They like brought out this fancy bar. Like it wasn't just like, you know what you see in movies, mm-hmm. like just like on your back with your legs up. So, and actually the other positions helped me more, way more anyways. So I thought that was. Yeah. Helpful. I wish my hospital did that. Yeah. And I didn't act like, I just kind of assumed because I had an epidural, I really didn't have a choice and they like helped me get in all these really cool positions that, and it helped Phil help me obviously. And it, was super helpful like I could just feel that it was working better when I was like on my side or whatever mm-hmm. but finally because once they once you push for more than three hours that's when they start talking about c-section um which like the baby was not in distress I was not in distress I was totally comfortable so they were like we really don't want to like rush you off to do that so maybe we should give you some pitocin to like speed things up so they gave me pitocin and I probably had it for like the last like 15 minutes of labor <laughs> at that point and ended up pushing her out you guys all know the story that I apparently pooped. I don't remember that, but <laughs> I was told that I didn't. I was lied to. I was For bamboozled a good and year. betrayed. And <laughs> not happy about that. Anyways, but yeah, then she came out. They put her on my chest. I remember they yelled at me because I tried to grab her and put her on my chest, but apparently her cord was too short. So they're like, she's attached to you. Yeah. I'm like, no fucking shit. I know she's attached to me. I wasn't going to like yank out my placenta. But anyways. <laughs> Ow. They, yeah, right? But they put her on my stomach and I sobbed like a big baby. You guys all know this story. And I stared at her like I literally didn't know that there was a, a human being that was going to come out of me. It was just <laughs> the weirdest feeling in the world. But I remember crying, crying, crying. And then they finally felt cut the cord and all that good stuff. And then we had another good thing I really like about my hospital is they like make you have like just time with you mm. um, and the baby and skin to skin for at least an hour before they will like let guests come in because at this point like our parents were in the waiting room it was pre-covid and they actually were really cool they let us just like have that moment with her they left the room for the most part I mean obviously they had to come in and do like all that awful like pushing on your stomach and delivering the placenta and all that fun stuff but um besides that they gave us like a lot of private time and then they waited for my my parents and Phil's parents and Phil's brother um to come in before they weighed her and did all that so that was cool they were all there to see like how much she weighed and how big she was and all that stuff so which she I think is just because she was just chilling in my vagina for three hours (laughs) she looked like she got in a bar fight she was I mean obviously I still loved her she was my baby but her eyes were swollen shut (laughs) for like two days and she had such a cone head but yeah she was perfect yeah that's pretty common to be I mean birth is like so traumatic (laughs) For the baby. Isn't it so? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Obviously, they don't remember it. But, like, can you imagine just being, like, I I just, like, I get claustrophobic thinking about yeah. being stuck in a vagina for three hours. Yeah, I feel like it's the other way around because now all of a sudden they're out in the open and they were in, like, this tiny spot oh, and they're like, holy shit, what is all true. this? Right, that's got to be so traumatizing. But then they get all snuggly with you and then they calm down and it's so cute. Yeah. It got all the gunk on him, and you just don't even care. Yeah. I thought I was going to be more grossed out by that. I just didn't care. No, not at all. And then you just, like, it's just so weird to me because, like, I was obsessed. I've mentioned this before. Obsessed with watching, like, birth vlogs and YouTube channels, and I listened to a ton of birth podcasts before I gave birth. This time around, I probably, I'm, like, not interested probably because I just been there, done that. But, like, I remember um, when they were, like, sitting there with the baby and the people are, like, stitching them up and, like, doing all this stuff, and, like, they just, like, don't even know. I'm like, how do you not feel that? But, I mean, I didn't have to. I actually don't mean to brag. I didn't have any <laughs> stitches up in here. So I really didn't need it. But even when they were doing all that, you know, everything that they're doing down there or whatever, I, you don't even, like, notice because you're just, like, chilling with your baby. It's just, like, the weirdest. I didn't notice, but I think it's because of my epidural. So 
just like well that's true too i mean you can't feel it i guess true but like (laughs) you're just like whatever yeah i mean that's true i couldn't feel my legs but but they put like that spotlight on just to like yeah that's true a real close look at your poor vagina oh my god so sad what time was it when she was born 1 55 p.m so it was about 14 hours of labor although i do say like i it would have been shorter if they came and checked on me like three hours sooner because <laughs> yeah. I definitely was sitting at 10 centimeters for a while but that was it and she was here oh Mandy I feel like you had like a nice like normal like labor progression I mean it was faster than what a lot of people I feel like it's fast for a first birth which makes me a little nervous because I always <laughs> say your second comes fast and even when we had Stacy on here for labor and delivery nurse she said your second always comes faster so and of course, now we have Isla, so like we have to keep in mind that when I start going into labor, we need to call mm. someone to come hang out with Isla, and so I'm just nervous that we're like, it's gonna go really, really fast. But I am like one of those weird people. I also don't want to jinx it because I know every, just like every pregnancy is different, every birth is different. So I could very easily have an awful traumatic birth the second time around. But like I loved my birth. I would like do it ten times over. I just thought it was like such a cool experience. And again, I was drugged. So <laughs> like I would not do it if I did it all natural again. I highly doubt I would choose to do that again. But like I'm like excited for like the birth part of it. Mm. Like, I just remember like and we mentioned this before, like all night just like playing it over and over in my head. Like can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited for that, which is probably a weird thing to say. I don't think it's weird. Like I'm not nervous. The first time around you're just so nervous because you don't know what to expect. Right. And I know that for a lot of people, they had really awful experiences. So then the second time around, you're probably really nervous. Right. Um, I just got lucky that I had a really positive experience. So now I'm just like super excited. But yeah. So I'm a little bit opposite from Mandy. I have feared birth my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) I like couldn't even like talk. Like even right now, my palms are like sweaty. My knees are (laughs) weak. My palms are heavy. (laughs) There's vomit on your sweater already. We did have. Uh, stuffed shells, so that's close to spaghetti. Um, <laughs> Vomit on your sweater already. Anyway. Stuffed shells. It doesn't really go. No, it doesn't. But, yeah, birth has always been, like, I was always on the fence, like, if I wanted to have kids, and I'm just always a worst-case scenario type of thinker, so I just always picture, like, like, I know birth is so natural, but there's so many things that can go wrong, too, and I was just always picturing all the things that would go wrong, but then... I also didn't want to miss out on like having kids. I feel like it was an experience that I wanted to have in my life. So we did and we got pregnant with Shay and all of that stuff. And then near the end of my pregnancy and I was probably like 36 weeks, 36 and a half weeks, I had been like really, really itchy and I was kind of itchy before, but like really itchy. Um, Like my hands and my feet and my stomach were like, I would like wake up scratching myself and like scratching myself to the point of like bleeding and stuff. So at my 36 week, 37 week like appointment, I mentioned it to the OB that I was seeing because the the office that I went to, um, you could see someone different every time. So it was a new one. And I mentioned it to her and she was like, okay, well, let's get some blood work done and see how that comes back. But she was like, you could have, oh, I forgot I was going to do research on how to say this, but holostasis. <laughs> but she was like, I'm not super, super worried about it. We'll get you blood work. So it was a Friday. I got my blood work done. Over the weekend, a panel of blood work came back on my my chart and I, everything looked like was in the normal range. So I was like, oh, good. Like, I'm probably just an itchy person. And then uh, Monday, 
around like it was probably like noontime. I got a call from the OB herself and she was like, so your blood work came back and I don't remember what like your liver enzymes or whatever it is um, are kind of high. And then she asked me a little bit more about, like, where I was itchy, and I was itchy on my feet and my hands. And she was like, okay, well, I'm pretty confident that you have um, cholostasis, and typically we would induce labor at 37 weeks, which I was, like, 37 weeks in, like, two days. So she was like, so no rush, but when you get the time, like, come to the hospital. You're going to have a baby today. Well, she said today. It didn't end up happening that day. (laughs) Obviously, then I started, like, sweating because I was, like, not prepared (laughs) at all. I really thought I was going to have more time. Her room was not done at all. Um, We were supposed to get new carpets in my room or mine and Shane's room and the nursery. We had not picked out a name. I think I had my bag packed, but Shane did not have his bag packed. We did not have the car seat in the car. And I just remember, like, sitting there and thinking, like, I still have meetings. And I was planning on going to my work meetings. And then my boss slash my mother-in-law was like, uh, (laughs) no, Brooke, you're not going to your meetings. You're going home. What you're going to call Shane. You're going home, getting your stuff, and going to the hospital. Like, you won't be able to sit through your meetings calmly. Like, you can't do this. So I remember calling Shane. He's really hard to get in touch with at work. So I called his work phone, which is rare. And he answered, and I was, like, freaking out having to tell him this because I knew he was going to freak out. So I was like, <laughs> um, we have to go. Another One of the reasons they induce you if you have cholostasis is, um, like, part of it is that, like, your liver doesn't filter out, like, the toxins and stuff that it's supposed to do. And that can overflow into your blood, and then it can go through the placenta into the baby, and then it can cause really bad um, effects of the baby or even stillbirth. So I had to tell that to Shane and be like, she's okay, but things could be bad if we don't go to the hospital. So I was like, I'm going to go home, meet me there. He was like, I have some stuff I had to finish up at work really quick. And then he's like, I'll obviously beat you at home. And I was like so nervous that my sister-in-law drove my car and me to my house and my mother, no, my one of my other coworkers followed us. And then took my sister-in-law back to work because we worked together too and left my car in the driveway because I was like, they were like, you shouldn't be driving right now. (laughs) I was like, I'm so nervous. I don't know if I need to shit or puke or what, but like I just mentally was not prepared. I was never mentally prepared. It was going to be scary no matter what. But at least like I feel like when you start having contractions, you kind of just go with the flow, but I didn't have a choice. So anyway, I come home, took a massive dump. (laughs) (laughs) packed my bag Shane packed his bag we threw the car seat in the car didn't even bother like clicking it in or anything like that and then drove to the hospital and when we got there they did some tests and stuff um I think they drew my blood again just to make sure and then hooked me up to all the monitors I originally didn't really want to be on all the like you know how they do like the heartbeat thing like goes around your stomach and then the movement no the contraction one um Mm -hmm. and I originally didn't really want that but they didn't give me a choice because I was being induced and they needed to monitor the baby's um, movements and stuff so I think we got to the hospital at like three Um, at six they gave me Cervidil which is like a pill that they insert to soften your cervix because I was not nothing not ready at all like 
my cervix was locked up tight. <laughs> yeah, like my body was not ready for labor. They gave me the Cervidil and were like, okay, relax for the night. So I, they did offer to give me a sleeping pill, but here's my anxiety. I was too scared to take a sleeping pill because, I don't know, I just didn't want to take it. So I just suffered through the night. <laughs> having anxiety but also remaining somewhat calm sleeping in an uncomfortable bed and then so they leave that in for 12 hours so they woke me up at six in the morning they said I softened a little bit but that was it no dilation nothing not ready I think next I can't remember if they if I did another round of Cervidil I don't think I did I think they decided to do the the balloon the Foley balloons I think is what it's called Mm -hmm which is like the weirdest thing in the world if you've never had it. So it's this weird looking contraption with like three little balloons on it. And um, they go up into your cervix and then they fill the balloons with like saline. And so like you can feel the pressure of the balloon in there, like pressing on your cervix to try and like open it up. And that was... I think the, I can't remember, I think it was like six hours or eight hours that they, maybe it was five, I don't know, but they were like, usually it ends up falling out. And so it's so weird because you're walking around with like these cords hanging out of your vagina, <laughs> like to go, and they tape it to your leg, but it's still weird. Like it feels like a giant tampon that's ready to like <laughs> fall out of you at any point. And so they left that in for the max amount of time. But they said, like, normally that'll dilate you to, like, four or five centimeters, and it, normally it falls out, but not for me. I think when they took it out, I was just barely four centimeters, and then they started – I really didn't want Pitocin. Being induced was, like, my biggest fear because I heard Pitocin is, like, makes contractions, like, a thousand times worse, and it's horrible, and, like, I just heard so many horror stories of it, but I didn't really have much of a choice because all the other things weren't really working. So they started me on Pitocin. I'm pretty sure they were, like, increasing it pretty fast. (laughs) Well, maybe not really fast, but they were increasing it pretty fast because then things really got moving along. And I did plan on getting an epidural. I wanted to go as long as I could without one just to see. And I don't know. I was just – I didn't have, like, a goal of, like, how many centimeters I wanted to be dilated, but I just wanted to – see how long I could go without one and then I remember like walking up and down the halls and the contractions started getting really bad and like they always tell you to like breathe through it but I just clenched everything which is what you're not supposed to do (laughs) and my mom and Shane were both like Brooke you need to like relax don't clench they said not to do that and I'm like I can't help it my whole body is like it feels like all my muscles need to, like, contract or whatever. So You have to moan like a boar. Yeah. I think I did – I don't think I did a lot of moaning. I was – I'm a very quiet sufferer, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But I did walk up and down the halls a little bit, and I bounced on the ball a lot, um, which actually helped a lot. I think I was having a little bit of back labor because my lower back was sore. But I remember thinking, like, this hurts, but, like, not – that bad I don't know but eventually like it got to a point where I was like I kind of feel like I want an epidural and to be quite honest I was pretty sure I was pretty far dilated when I was like I need the epidural because at one point they checked me I was around maybe eight centimeters I can't remember if that was before or after my epidural but I remember thinking like 
I, if I don't get it now, I'm going to go past the point and not be able to get it. And then they were like, you need to decide like right now because the girl across the hall is getting her epidural. And if you don't do it now, it could be another like 30 minutes before the anesthesiologist is back. So I was like, all right, all right, I guess I'll do it. I was so terrified of it. Because, again, I've heard horror stories of it only working on one side or <laughs> some people get really bad headaches. So I was just – and I not – like, the spine is just such a huge part of your body. I was so nervous. And I remember they were like, we can only let one person stay in the room with you. And I chose my mom. <laughs> not shame. <laughs> just because I feel like we talked about this on the podcast before, like, the empath in me and, like – I can pick up on other people's emotions and I would know that Shane would be nervous mm-hmm. and I would feel like I can't be as vulnerable. Like I wouldn't be able to like let my fear out. Like my mom mm-hmm. would be able to handle it, but Shane might not. So my mom stayed in the room with me and honestly, I think getting the epidural was the most scared that I like through all of it. I was like petrified and I was having contractions through it, which makes it really hard to like stand still or to like stay still. Like you can't move. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I was like holding my breath and like whatever. So they put it in. It was pretty easy. I think after I got my epidural was, they were like, we're going to double your Pitocin. And did they do this for you? The anesthesiologist gave me this little thing and he was like, push this button mm-hmm. if you need more. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that kind of scares me. But mine worked fine. It was great. I remember we were watching. What was it called? I looked up what it was called. Double Shot of Love with Polly D and Vinny <laughs> <laughs> while I was in labor. Um, at that point, it was pretty late at night. And I just knew it was coming soon because my mom had always told me it feels like you have to poop. And, like, I felt like I had to poop. And so I was kind of, like, not telling anyone. And then eventually I was like, I think it's time. Like, I think, like, I think I'm 10 centimeters. And so my mom went and got the nurse. And they came in and they were like, well, they checked me. I was 10 centimeters. They were like, well, the OB that's on call is across the hall delivering a baby right now. So hold it in (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Um, But the nurse decided to let, I think the nurse decided to let me like kind of start pushing and get like things ready. And then the lady across the hall had her baby and the OB came over. The OB was very particular about her things. I remember she was very upset that somebody got her the wrong size gown. And it was too short, um, which now I understand why, because everything splatters out on the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> I now I know why she was so upset. But and then, yeah, I started pushing because I had the epidural. It wasn't bad. It was just some pressure. I had a really hard time, like, feeling my contractions. Like, I would think I would feel it. And they would be like, oh, yeah, if you look. They were, like, reading the contraction machine or whatever. And they were like, yeah, try pushing now. They were trying really hard to let me feel it on my own. Mm -hmm. But I think I was just kind of confused and it was just hard to tell. And then, honestly, it felt like I pushed, like, 10 minutes, but, like, two hours had gone by. And at that point, the baby, she didn't necessarily have a name yet. Um, Her heart rate was Throughout labor, like my heart rate was really high, but I have a higher heart rate and her heart rate at a few times was getting really high. And then during while I was pushing, her heart rate was dropping and not like recovering as fast as they would have liked it to. So at one point, the OB was like, you know, we really have to get her out in the next like 10 minutes or whatever, or we're going to have to look at using um, like the vacuum. And I was like. 
another mm-hmm. one of my fears, like, please do not use the vacuum on me. Like, that scares the crap out of me. So luckily, mm-hmm. we were able to, or I was able to push her out and we didn't have to use it. Um, her, her cord was too short and I don't even think they could lay her on my belly. I did not get to hold her right away because, because I think there was probably more happening and they were trying to stay calm because the pediatrician had to come in and look at her first just because of her heart rate and stuff. And so the pediatrician came in, luckily it ended up being the pediatrician that we wanted her to go and see for like her normal PCP. She was super nice. I think at this point, I'm an awful mom. I can't remember the exact time that she was born. It was like, I want to say it was 2.32 a.m. I remember. So like, Mandy, you were saying, like, you don't even realize they're like doing anything down there. But the OB was actually like sewing me up while the pediatrician, well, I only got one stitch. But the pediatrician was like, what? like measuring Shay and like checking her out and making sure she was healthy while that was all happening. I don't remember delivering the placenta much. Do you? Do you remember that? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah, because I remember afterwards our midwife like showed us. Uh, the only reason I remember, like I didn't realize it was happening until the doctor or the OB was like, she sent my placenta and um, uh, umbilical cord to the labs to be tested. So... Honestly, I don't even know. I saw my results in my chart, but no one ever called me to go over them or anything. So my guess is everything's normal, but they wanted to test all of that. I think part of it was because I had cholestasis and all of that stuff. Um, and then finally, I got to hold Shay. Again, it wasn't, it wasn't like 20 minutes later. It was probably like five, maybe 10 minutes. And then um, my hospital did the same thing, like kind of pushed everybody out so we could have our alone time. But yeah, I didn't cry. But I'm really not much of a crier. I was kind of just like surviving the moment. <laughs> that sounds awful. But like <laughs> I was just like in the moment, but none of it really felt real. I think part of that was mm-hmm. like the postpartum depression that I had. Not that it was like really like up and rampant yet, but it just was like not real to me. And it was weird because like I've said this before on the podcast, like I loved her so much, but it was like I was just like in the moment, just like is this a dream? Is this real? Like, it just didn't feel real at all. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. But I, like you said, Mandy, like I would do that all over again, a zillion times, like for Mm -hmm. being so scared of childbirth my whole life. And honestly, I still, it still like makes me a bit woozy, but (laughs) it was not bad, especially for being induced. So like I went to the hospital at 3 PM on a Monday and she was born Wednesday at 2.52 in the morning. So it was a long process. Like we were there for a while, but it wasn't like the active labor piece was short compared to everything else. So it was an experience and I would do it again. And I don't know like if we have another baby, I think it's like a 50% chance that I'd have cholestasis again, um, Mm -hmm. which would mean that I would be induced again at 37 weeks. So I don't know that I would ever be able to have a normal like birth And, like, I don't know if the Pitocin contractions in my head weren't that bad because I had didn't have, like, normal ones to compare to. But maybe uh, I just remember, like, being petrified and thinking literally after she came out of me, like, I'm pretty sure I said out loud, like, that wasn't that bad. (laughs) I was happy I survived (laughs) and she survived and Shane didn't pass out. He did so much better than I thought he was going to. I just – I remember – 
before going in, Phil was like, I don't really know mm-hmm. if I'm going to like look. Like, I'll probably stand by your head. And then during birth, he was so into it. Like, he thought it was so cool. He was like down there. Like, yeah, same thing. I, I think Shane was like the same, but then he watched it all and that he was in awe of her cone head. Like, so amazed <laughs> by it. He had a coworker tell him before, like, just so you know, when the baby's born, there's going to be a cone head and it's normal. Like, don't mm-hmm. freak out because that guy right. did freak out and thought something was wrong. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he he was always talks about how the doctor would, like, reach in when I was, like, pushing to try to, like, pull Shay out at the same time, like, while I was pushing. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, you could see the doctor's fingerprints, like, in Shay's head. Like, as – and he also was – had to tell me that I pooped right away. He did not lie to me. I think it was probably one of the first things he said to me, like, after Shay came out, like, yeah, you did poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't know. He's honest. And he was, he thought it was hilarious. He was like, the nurse, like, the OB just snapped her fingers, was like, hey, at the nurse. And the nurse came over and just wiped it. <laughs> he was like, wow, that was handled really nicely. <laughs> And then also he was, like, in shock because, not shock, shock, but, like, surprised because he and I both didn't realize, like, after your water breaks, you lose a ton of fluid. But then after the baby comes out, it's like a tidal wave of, like, it was just was all, like, pshoo, yeah, and it, gross. like, got on Shane's pants. <laughs> he was, like, <laughs> he was, like, oh, that's <laughs> gross. But, yeah, it was fun. It was an experience. and It, it yeah. was fun. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then after she was born, we decided to finally, like, pick a name so we named her Shay and that's that yeah I feel like I left out a bunch of stuff but also I feel like I talked forever so we're like just episode just us two it'll be short (laughs) we're already over an hour (laughs) (laughs) it's like I don't know it's exciting to tell like birth stories and how often do you get to tell it you don't really like never I remember I was I mean maybe it was because I was pregnant and again I was so obsessed with birth that I remember when I first saw you I was like can you tell me about like what happened? I'm like, I'm sure you've already told the story 50 times. And you were like, literally nobody. No, asked nobody asked you that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, they really don't. They don't care. I do though. Like, I want to know what happened. I want to know, like, especially like I, we should definitely actually to kind of wrap things up. We're going to have um, like, while Megan's out on her maternity, her paid maternity leave from us, <laughs> um, we're going to have guest hosts. So it would be cool. If someone who had like a natural birth or like an at-home birth wanted to come on and share some experiences yeah. with that. Because that, honestly, part of me thinks I could do it without an epidural. And I felt like I was just so set on getting one that I just knew I was going to get it anyway. And then it was like, you have to do it now or never. And like, the, nobody pressured me into it, but I was just so scared not to get one. But now that I've like felt contractions and like know what it's like. I don't know. I'm very much like a go with the flow type of person. So I can't decide now, but in the moment I would obviously know what I want to do, but I'm more of like a comfort person. Like I'd rather like not be in pain and just be happy. So <laughs> um, I'm going to take all the drugs, but you do. It just scares me having, and I already had it done, but having like that needle in your back and the catheters in your back the whole time, like ugh, grosses me out. <laughs> uh, well, that, it's a good little segue, though, to mention that we did have a post on our Instagram. So if you aren't big on Instagram and you didn't see it, but you're interested in being a guest host while Megan is out, 
um, go check it out. DM us, message us. Um, probably on Instagram is your best bet. And let us know that you want to come on because we want to have lots of different types of moms and different, whether it's a birth experience or just motherhood experience or whatever. I think we already have quite a few people reach out that all have like very unique perspectives and stories. And I'm excited for where it's going to go. So um, I think we're going to kick that off next mm-hmm. week. Yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah. So yeah, because we actually, I'm excited about the number of people who've already reached out, but uh, we're not totally sure how long Megan's going to be out. So we probably have a lot of weeks to fill. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> come guess. How can people reach fun. us if they don't have Instagram moms after bedtime at gmail.com. So if you don't have Instagram and you're interested in being a guest host, email us there. Thanks for listening to our stories. I hope that they were interesting to all of you. I know it's fun to tell our own stories, but sometimes I feel like Hopefully people want to hear them. And for you expecting mothers, I think it's helpful to hear especially positive experiences. So if you're out there and you're going to have a baby soon, it's so exciting. It's a once in a, not a once in a lifetime opportunity, but (laughs) a couple times in a lifetime opportunity. So I always like whenever I meet a new mom and they like ask about labor, I not to discredit any of the people who have like awful traumatic labors because I can only imagine but I think people go into it only hearing their mm-hmm. stories. So I like to remind them, like, I had a really positive birth, and I know other people who have. So mm-hmm. it's a good chance that you might have a positive birth, too. Yeah, especially people who are being induced. I'm always, like, you know, in Facebook groups, people will ask, like, I'm being induced. What was your experience? And, like, everyone is always, like, it's the worst thing ever. But I always make sure to comment, like, my experience was not bad at all. And not that to say that that's the same for everybody, but... It went really smoothly. I would do it again. I weirdly kind of enjoyed it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, thank you again for listening and make sure to comment, subscribe, share, like, rate, review, all of that stuff. Tell everybody. Um, Also, when this episode comes out, Happy New Year. We're done with 2020. Goodbye, 2020. Hopefully, 2021 is a good year to all of us. We'll. We'll see. But thanks again. <laughs> and it doesn't really have like the bar is pretty I low. Know. So uh, it could get worse, but let's not let's not think about it. Brooke. <laughs> Just cut that out, okay? Yay, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Okay. Um and yeah, we'll talk to you next week and we'll have our guest host with us. So yes. talk to you then. Bye. Bye.